Hi, listeners. We have this really special episode of Rise and Shine for you with the Chief Rabbi of South Africa, Warren Goldstein, talking about the unifying Jewish act of Shabbat and how each of us can find beauty and deeper meaning in it. This was recorded before the war in Israel started, so you won't hear us mentioning it, but the recent events have made this project even more important and relevant to our global Jewish community. This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. Shabbat has the answers to all of these deepest, most profound problems. It's not some magic wand that's going to wave away all of the, the struggles of life, but it brings with it meaning, purpose, cohesiveness that holds everything together in the most magnificent fashion. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. Rabbi Goldstein has been described as a social entrepreneur by the Jerusalem Post and featured on its list of the 50 most influential Jews on the basis of an array of unique initiatives that he has launched and led, the most well-known of which is the Global Shabbat Project, an international grassroots movement that has spread to more than 1,500 cities and a hundred countries around the world. So affectionately known as Chief, but of course I won't be calling him that. I'll be calling him Rabbi Goldstein. Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein has served as South Africa's Chief Rabbi since 2005. He's a qualified Diane, and he's a senior member of the National Religious Leaders Council of South Africa. The Chief Rabbi has a PhD in human rights and constitutional law and is a published author of five books, the most recent of which is Shabbat, A Day to Create Yourself. And in his new book, Rabbi Goldstein makes a strong case for why his efforts matter. In 45 short chapters, he carefully unpacks the theology, the motivations, and the ethics of the Sabbath in the hope that readers will take it more seriously. For me, personally, this is the thrill of a lifetime to be in conversation with this brilliant and erudite scholar, philosopher, and community leader. Rabbi Goldstein's writing has informed so many of my own podcasts and classes over the years as I have stolen liberally from his vast sea of ideas and references. I devoured this book. I read it with a highlighter and sticky notes. It's brand new and already it looks 10 years old. I'd like you to help me welcome Rabbi Goldstein. Hi. Hi. What an introduction. I think I've got to take you wherever I go to speak. I've never been introduced as graciously and generously as that. So thank you so much. It's an honor to be with you. Well, that's because I'm a serious fangirl. I'm not sure if that's in your lexicon of language, but I am a serious fangirl. And I'm so thrilled, so thrilled that you agreed to speak to me. I want to start with what I think is the obvious question, right? Which is right in the title. It's Shabbat as a day to create yourself. So, you know, when you consider that is in many ways a mandate of Jewish life anyway, philosophically, tell me, what does it mean 
to you for a human being, a Jew, to create themselves? Yeah, and I think you, you, you've struck on it exactly because the title of the book is uh, something which is unexpected, which is why I chose it for the title, because really when you think of Shabbat, you're thinking this is a, a day of rest. You know, you're thinking, I'm not creating. It's the day you stop creating. But really, the book makes the argument that it's the day during the week we create the world around us. And on Shabbat, we create ourselves, which really means, you know, who are we as human beings? You know, we are much more than the things we make, the money we earn, the the possessions we we have. We, we who, who are we? We are our character. Are we, are we generous, humble, kind, compassionate? optimistic, inspired people, or, or are we not? And, you know, what are our perspectives? How do we look at life? What is our view when we look at life? And, you know, the, the, these things touch on in our most precious relationships with our, with our spouses, with our children, with our parents, with our community, with our society. These relationships, our perspectives, our character, and of course, our relationship with God, our creator, all of these combine to make who we are as human beings. And, and that is so much more precious than the things we can we can touch and feel. And Shabbat is about all of those precious things that you can't see, but are, are so much more precious than the things which we can touch and feel. Of course, we need the world out there and we need all of the things that make up the physical infrastructure of our lives, our homes and food and, and clothing and all of the, the, the infrastructure of human civilization. But yet, at this, but we, we can't think that is the purpose of life. All of that infrastructure is the platform to enable us to achieve oh. our purpose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, because I, I believe this cult of productivity that we live in, that we call the world, has really confused us as to what itself really is. And from what I'm, I'm hearing you say, and from what I read in the book, the creation of self is separate and apart from the physical and external components of what we would consider a life these days. And so this is really a very radical thought pattern. And it's something I think, I hope, will make a difference for all of us. You know, one of the intriguing lines that just blew me away that you wrote is that Shabbat is our soulmate. Now this, like, because I spend so much time with so many women around the world, everybody is either looking for a soulmate or looking to shed what they thought was their soulmate or replace their soulmate. I don't think people understand the concept of soulmate. How is it that with Shabbat, we already have one? So you'll need to define soulmate for us, and you'll need to define why Shabbat is that, if you could. Yeah. Okay, so so I think it's, it's, it's a great question. And, and, the, and the reason I, I brought that angle in is because many people look at Shabbat in terms of lifestyle, and it is very compelling. When, when, when you analyze Shabbat from a lifestyle point of view, it is, it's incredibly compelling, particularly in modern times. And, I, and I'll, I'm going to come back to your question in a moment, but I, I want to look at the, the, the lifestyle issue because I think there is a crisis in the world today, especially between the you know work-life balance, which was mm. thrown out completely by COVID because we all started working virtually. The, the line between work and home and family and, and, and work responsibilities becomes so blurred. Sure. As well as with with the with the advent and 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 the proliferation of of the the kind of content educational content all of that which is pouring out through the screens, and and the algorithms as well because in in a certain sense we don't need, we've lost touch with ourselves and a bit of reality because everything is so carefully 
curated. And, 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 and so we, we sort of see a version of ourselves and a version of life through all of these algorithms. So Shabbat is an opportunity to actually invest in our most precious relationships in to have a moment to actually learn ourselves, meet ourselves. I mean, you know, when last did we spend quiet time actually just meeting ourselves, meeting our creator. So from a lifestyle point of view, I have found over the years, Shabbat is compelling. People are thirsting for it. It has a magic formula, a divine formula that comes from God because he knows us better than we know ourselves. And 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 it's really there to, to give us the best form of quality of life. But there's something else and, and it's spiritual. That's why I mentioned about soulmate. Soulmate is a sense which is not, it's not rational. It, it's, we need to move beyond the space of rational. Of course, the human intellect is so powerful and it is our greatest tool. But sometimes, it, but it does have limitations. It can take us to a certain point and no further. And as you mentioned in the context of, of soulmates of relationships and marriage and all of these, th th there's, there's a sense of the rational. Okay, this person is compatible with me for all of these reasons. But then, then there's something else which which goes beyond the rational beyond physical attraction there's a spiritual connectedness and and that's really what soulmate is and shabbat has that spiritual connection for each one of us um, as jews it's deeply embedded in 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 the very spiritual dna that make up our heart and soul of of who we are and when you say the word shabbat in front of a Jew, that, that something stirs deep down. And I've seen it over the 10 years of the Shabbat project. I've seen this, whether you can be talking to Jews from the former Soviet Union who had almost no connection to Jewish heritage. And, and, and then also Jews who in North America, Jews who, who have drifted far and Jews who are close and uh, in, in South America and in Europe and Australia, so that wherever you may find yourself, Jews drop right across the full spectrum of Jewish observance, identity, affiliation. There's something which is so profound that goes beyond lifestyle. Of course, Shabbat offers the best quality of life, but it, it, it's something, there's a spiritual connection with it that just touches something we, we can't we can't even describe. So let me ask you something. I, it, I'm, perhaps I'm misunderstanding this, but are you saying Shabbat is our soulmate or that God is our soulmate or we're our own soulmate when we marry Shabbat into our lives. Shabbat is our soulmate. Of course, we have a connection with God. Shabbat is our soulmate. It is, uh, you know, what what uh, there's a there's a beautiful poem that I referred to, which uh, I, I, you know I'm sure that you're so familiar with. Yedid Nefesh. It's based on that, and and there's a custom to sing this particular poem, this song, as you know, on a Friday evening, just as Shabbat is coming in, where where, where it is a beautiful song. You did nefesh. We refer to Shabbat as our soulmate. In fact, the Vilna Gaon says that kiddush comes from the word kiddush in marriage. There is a right. sense of a bond. Zachor Yom Shabbat lekadshor that holiness. Of course, marriage is holy, Shabbat is holy, but but there is a sense of of that connection. Lachadodi, we 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 compare Shabbat to a bride, because it is part of us. And and I think the point is, this is the Jewish people. If you don't have your soulmate, there's something in your life which is missing. Oh and my it's goodness! Missing. And, and oh, Jew, if we don't have Shabbat with us as Am Yisrael, as the Jewish people, there's a part of our soul that is that is missing. And you know that that, that I think people can feel in a way that you almost can't describe and it stirs somewhere in the deepest recesses of the soul. But here's the rub, Rabbi. I did not realize I was missing Shabbat as a soulmate until I, until I introduced Shabbat into my life. And now when I think about it in the physical sort of romantic sense, 
I can't wait for Shabbat to start. And I regret when it's ending very much the way I did at 17 when I had my first boyfriend and I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait. And then Sunday night, I'd get that stomachache because it was over and I was going back to school because I don't think that most of us understand that there's a piece of us that isn't activated until we activate it. So my next question is, if Shabbat is such a gift, if it's a soulmate, and clearly it is for me now, if it's such a gift, if it was given to a slave nation, why do you suppose that it is so thoroughly rejected in the modern world? What underpins that perceived need for endless productivity in people? I'm old enough to remember when in North America, the stores were closed on Sunday. It wasn't the Jewish Shabbat, but there was some sort of Sabbath for people. We understood that 24-7 existence was not psychologically or physically healthy. And yet today, it's perceived as an impingement on our freedom. What do you think underpins that notion that slavery is anything that tells us that we can't do whatever we want whenever we want? Yeah, I, th I think... Really, I think it is. it comes from not experiencing it. Because in a certain way, I wrote a book about Shabbat. Uh, and I mean, this will be discussing, obviously. But, but writing a book, you, you, it's almost coming to describe um, a, a musical concert. It's, you know, you've, I've written a book. Here's the concert. You're going to hear these notes. This is the meaning of the songs. This is the experience you're going to have. And, and, and the book describes all of that and i've done my very best to convey the spirit of shabbat but ultimately shabbat does not live on the pages of a book and it doesn't live as an idea it lives in our homes and in our lives when we truly experience it it's experiential and it's an immersive experience and and this is the thing that i would i would really say to people dive in and experience it dive in and immerse yourself in it there's, there's a sense, oh, well, what about this? What about that? You know, I, I said a, a beautiful, um, and, and I think people are a bit daunted by it because there are lots of laws and they've, they've heard about all these laws about Shabbat. And I came across a beautiful piece from, from Justice Louis Brandeis, United oh, yeah. States Court Justice. He saw Shabbat in his uncle's home because his uncle, his uncle kept Shabbat. Was Shabbat observant. Uh, Justice Brandeis himself was not, but he spent many, many a Shabbat and in his uncle's home, and he was so taken with it. He he described Shabbat in these terms. He said it is stealing a day out of life to live. He was referencing one of the English poets in another context, but it's one of the best descriptions I've ever heard of Shabbat: stealing a day out of life to live, because on Shabbat you really live. And, and, and you have to steal that time. You literally have to steal it because otherwise we're so overwhelmed. And especially in, 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 this, in, in, in the times in which we live, all the points that you reference. But then Justice Brandeis says this. He said, it's just a pity about all of these restrictions. And, and the point that he missed, the point that he missed is that you live, the, the restrictions are liberating. They actually create the framework to, to, to live and to immerse yourself in it because screens are off, then we can, and, and, and in a way, they're off the table. It's like saying to, um, it's like saying, you know, at, at the Friday night table, if, if they can't be there, they're not allowed to be there, then actually the family can have the time together. They, they actually build the walls like a fortress around your Shabbat table. And, and by leaning in and immersing yourself in it, you actually taste something and it's indescribable. I mean, we, you and I can talk here 
we, we can talk for hours about this and, and, and we can read an entire book, but until you actually lean in and, and immerse yourself and taste it. And, and I think that's really what's missing from day. People uh, in a way don't know what, what they're, what they're missing. And, and, yeah. and the best way to do that is actually to lean in. And, you know, the book is part of explaining to say, listen, here's the framework of understanding. And I'm a big believer in education and understanding and, and trying to frame it in, in rational terms that we can relate to. So that's, but that's step one. Step two, just jump right in. And, and when you're in, it's like, you know, you're jumping into a beautiful river. When you first get in the water, it may feel a little bit cold and, and you're not used to it. But then it is absolutely invigorating. Oh my gosh, that's a beautiful metaphor. I'm just thinking now that that um, I can't remember the composer or the or the philosopher who said that that music is not in the notes but in the pause between the notes. Have you ever heard that? I just yes, experience. And I'm thinking that you know, for me, that's reality. But you know, at momentum, we talk a lot about growth and Jewish growth being not all or nothing at all. And so that means that for many, many people, incremental steps into removing themselves from the day-to-day is the way that they're going to begin. If you knew and could live with that reality, I'm not asking you, obviously, as the chief rabbi to, you know, suggest uh, that uh, you don't have to do anything. God forbid, I'm not saying that. But where would you say, based on the sociological issues, the familial issues that you see in South Africa and around the world, where would you suggest, if you were going to start to pay attention to the pause between the notes, what area do you believe would be the first place a person could dip their toe in the river? i tell you what I would, I would say, and, and I know that um, you know, the, 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 the vision of momentum, and it's something which uh, I salute you. Uh, Adrian, I salute you. I salute Laurie and, and your amazing vision and everything that you guys have achieved. It's just uh, remarkable and inspiring. And, and I think the most inspiring part of momentum's vision is, is the fact that it is women-led and families are led by the women of the home. And if you if you think about this, the, the moment that Shabbat enters, the moment that Shabbat enters is is candle lighting. Mm. Uh, we light candles just before sunset. Okay, um, and and I think this is an important thing. The idea of of candles is to usher in Shabbat. We don't do it once Shabbat has entered. We bring it in early, and it comes in before sunset. Just eighteen minutes before sunset in 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 that in that space of time. And, um, and, and this, that is such a beautiful moment to, to bring Shabbat in. So m- my suggestion would be to, to those who, who are listening to our conversation and you're looking for a place to start, I would start at candle lighting. And, and from there, what I would do is um, take half an hour or an hour, start some, and, and, but for that time, do it all in, even if it's just a short amount of time so you can taste it. And then do that for a few weeks. Start keeping Shabbat from candle lighting for half an hour, for an hour, till till the meal starts. And then maybe in a few weeks or a few months, you can extend that to the meal itself. Can you imagine having that meal with your family where, mm. where there's not a phone at the table and everyone is talking and connecting and no one can run away off to some chore or errand or to gym or to 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 a club or wherever wherever it is that they're going? And 
but but you, you bring it in step by step. You know, the best analogy is one of the most successful physical fitness apps in the world is called Couch to 5K. Okay. And, and the concept of Couch to 5K is this person wants to be physically fit because you feel so good, you feel strong, you healthy, you feel better about life, but it's it's hard to get started because where do you start? You, you know, the first time you go start running on the road, you want to run right back in, you know, back <laughs> home. But actually the, the, the concept of Couch to 5K, and you can go download the app and see it for yourself, is wow. you start with a few steps and, and then you build up your strength till eventually you know, you're running that five kilometers um, in an effortless, beautiful way. And in the same way that we need physical fitness to, to be a runner, we need emotional and spiritual fitness for Shabbat. Nice. And it takes time to build that strength. But when you do and you build that muscle, then you will find that you will be able to soar like a runner and you will feel fit and on top of the world and happy. But you build up that strength, start a little bit. Um, and, and it's actually something which I've experimented with here in South Africa and people have, have loved it. It's like called Journey to 25. And, wow. and, and, you, and, and you take it step by step and people have found it. it. It's then doable and manageable and you build up the strength with it and, and it becomes such an entrance point. But for me, women, candles, starting there, start at the beginning of Shabbat. That's the best. But the part that you keep, even if it's short, go all in. You know, go in for that little part and then you build it. I love this. You know, for years, I mean, obviously Freudian therapy and analysis was the the rule, generally speaking. And today we see more models like cognitive behavioral therapy and that sort of thing, which tells people essentially that you change certain behaviors even before you understand it in order to bring along your emotional state. So even the therapeutic community, the psychological community understands now that immersement or behavior can awaken what, you know, the Sefer Echinuch said so many hundreds of years ago that the external awakens the internal. And I think that what you're saying, some kind of full immersement, even if it's for a half an hour, gives you a taste. I was really particularly moved by the principle outlined in the section called Rooted. I think of the whole book, that was my favorite piece. Can you share your definition of rooted versus nomadic and why that matters so much today yeah i think it's a it's it's, it's a great um it's also drawn to that chapter there is a this there's, there's something there's something really special and and sort of unexpected in it um this this idea of being rooted you see we live very much in a in a culture of consumerism and 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 commerce and the free market has brought incredible blessing to the world you know let's let's start by acknowledging that and 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 like take covid for example governments gave us lockdowns and it was the 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 private was private initiative that actually invented all of the vaccines so there's a tremendous blessing that has come through that private initiative and through business but what has also done is turned us into consumers which means we're constantly looking at everything as a product and and in a way that that's fine when you're buying a new car or you you're shopping for food or you're right. buying clothes then that is a product and should be treated as such but a relationship is not a product and and when we move when we go into a relationship with another human being and we're thinking i'm a consumer what have you got to offer me a person who's who's looking to get married what do you have to offer me what 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 can you what can i buy from you and what's your price 
Wow. And what are you selling? And and then 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 we turn our most precious relationships into commercial transactions. Oh, and the most precious relationship that we have is 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 with God. And 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 part of that relate we, we can't turn our relationship with God into a commercial transaction, saying to God, What have you got for me? You know, let, let me see if this is is this is this good for me? Is this not good for me? And and then I'll then I'll decide. And and it's the same with with every person. You know, like we don't say to to, uh, uh, to our spouse, to our children, to our parents, tell me what have you got to 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 show me? How can we turn this into something that's mutually beneficial? Oh, and man. and it's so much deeper than that. And and the irony is this: the problem about consumerism is that it's selfish. And that's fine when you're buying a car or a house or clothes, but when when you're engaging with another human being, then then it is about the giving. And and the the, the magnificent irony is this: God created this world that when we are trying to be selfish is actually when we impoverish ourselves. Uh-huh. We are the losers. We are the losers when we're looking to give. Then, in 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 a beautiful way, that is when that is when we get the most out of it. When when we come into a relationship with our spouse and we say we are here unconditionally, we here we love you, we are loyal. We say to our children, we are here unconditionally, we love you, we are loyal. When we say to God, we love you, we are loyal, we are here unconditionally. When we say to Judaism, to because people turn religion into a product and say, right. okay, well this, this is an interesting thing. Judaism's got a lot of products to offer me. That's very nice. We need to lean in and 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 stop thinking as consumers. And it goes back to that point about soulmate. It just we lean in and say, okay, I, 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 let's see what I can give to this. And then from that, something magical emerges. You know. No, was, I just want to. I just want to ask you this: this principle of nomadic life. I think that we are emotionally nomadic today. I think that we are emotional nomads. And I think consumerism has created that. Even if you look at dating sites, which is where everybody meets today, because nobody goes out anymore. And I'm not in any way diminishing the importance of those, those, uh, sites, but really just the notion of clicking and, and, and swiping back and forth on a person as though they're a product makes us unrooted and emotionally nomadic. And that's why we can't connect. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's 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 a critical point, and that's what I was trying to convey in 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 that chapter. I'm, I'm glad you referenced that point about the nomad, the philosophy of the nomad, who's who takes his and and that was part of the development of human civilization, starting off as nomadic, where your where your flocks are, wherever the grazing is good, and as soon as the grazing runs out, you move to greener pastures all the time, uh, as opposed to putting down roots and saying, "I'm here even in the droughts and even in the famine, I'll be here." And 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 without that, with with without the roots, there's no emotional bond, right. and and therefore, if one enters into a relationship as a nomad, I'm here as while while the the pastures are green and everything is fine, then then there's first it's fundamentally selfish, um, on on the deepest most profound level. But it is it is more than that. It, it, it there's no emotional bond that can be formed, and therefore the relationship is hollowed out. Um, and and that's a very important message of Shabbat. It is the the, the message of lean into all of these relationships, uh, give your give yourself over to it, and then you'll get so much so much in return for it. It's um it's uh, and and I agree with you completely. It's it's, it's that though the the 
uh, you know, talking about swiping, it it it, it it's ultimately it, it becomes then a commercial transaction. And, right. and a relationship maybe starts off with there's a certain rational understanding, are we compatible, Who, what kind of people, but ultimately there has to be something which goes beyond the rational and, and which says I'm here to give. And only when I can give my full heart does, uh, does something beautiful emerge from that. So true. So true. Okay, I'm going to ask you a final question. I could keep you for 12 days if you'd let me, but this is my you know first opportunity to talk to you. But please, God, you will be back. How does the Sabbath make our lives whole, as you wrote? What is wholeness by definition? And why do we need Shabbat to access that wholeness? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great question. I, I think it relates a little bit to the consumerism and the specialization. You know, we, we, we live in a um, you know, in a, in a culture which is everything is highly specialized, and and therefore we can end up compartmentalizing our lives, putting everything into compartments, and ultimately, as human beings, who are we? we we're a composite. We we are physical, we're emotional, we're intellectual, we're spiritual. We 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 are individuals, and we're also social. And we are, we, you know, we, we are driven by needs to fulfill our own self needs, but we're also driven by a very deep need to find meaning and purpose in everything that, uh, that, that we do. So there are so many different facets to who we are. And Judaism in general, and Shabbat in particular, embraces every dimension of who we are. It, the, the, the entire immersive experience is, is of, of Shabbat over the course of the 25 hours brings in every dimension of, of, of who we are as human beings. The, the, the physical, the, the rest, the pleasures of the day, the, the, the tranquility of the day, the emotional connection of relationships, that sense of lifting the mental load. You know, and, and here's an interesting thing. Part of it is, is not whether one's actually doing the work or not, but if you could be doing it, the mental load is there. When, when you're not allowed to do it, and this is the point I go back to Justice Brandeis, without the restriction, you have the mental load. Because if we say you are allowed to work, but you don't have to, then, then the, the mental load is there. But if you say you're not allowed to work, it's off the table. So if it's off the table, then, then, then actually, there's uh, the, the whole mental load is lifted. So there's there's physical indulgence in in the pleasures of the day, good food, good sleep, good clothes, uh, all of the the physical pleasures of the day. There is the emotional the emotional pleasures of the day, the the connection, the bonds, the relationship between husband and wife, between uh, parents and children, between family, community, that real sense of community that we are more than just siloed individuals. And and so much of modern life has siloed us into these, uh, you know, the, the the sense of just being atoms uh, bouncing around and 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 not having a real sense of being part of something whole. There there is the intellectual dimension of the day through the learning of Torah, through the the understanding, through the prayers, the spiritual connection to God, um, through through the music, through the prayers. It is holistic, and we we celebrate it as individuals, we celebrate it as families, we celebrate it. As it is the to the total experience. Of, of the entirety of the human being and non-virtual. You see so much of, 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 it, of what, what happens in life. And, you know, when, when I heard about um, Mark Zuckerberg's, you know, dream of the metaverse, I was saying to myself, 
do we need more virtual? Is, is, that, is that really what society needs now? More virtual, where the virtual becomes an immersive experience. We cannot even tell the difference between being present and not. And, and we're living in a crisis of um, anxiety. You know, the, the uh, teenage anxiety it was an article in the New York Times uh, just yesterday um, uh, by, I think it was Maureen Dowd, who, who was raising this issue of, of, of anxiety and the new Barbie film and, and the sense of teenage anxiety. There is the, the middle age crisis, the emptiness, the different people are going through. The world is in a state of emotional and spiritual crisis. And, and in so many ways, Shabbat has the answers to all of these deepest, most profound problems. It's not some magic wand that's going to wave away all of the, the struggles of life, but it brings with it meaning, purpose, cohesiveness that holds everything together in, 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 in the most magnificent fashion. Oh, that was so exquisite. I'll be listening to the last five minutes of this for probably the rest of my life. You are extraordinary. Can I call you Chief? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Chief. I I feel the Momentum community and, and obviously our podcast go far beyond that was blessed for this spiritual, emotional, and intellectual marriage of ideas. You are an extraordinary human being and a blessing to the Jewish people. Thank you for blessing me with the last 40 minutes of your time. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you. And thank you for this conversation and for your warmth and generosity. I've loved our conversation and uh, I, I, I so appreciate it. And, and I would love to continue the conversation. And I think that 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 really that's that's what the book is there for. The book is to say this is a journey and, and it's not a book to to sit on a shelf. It's a book to to live in your heart and with you and your family uh, each week. And uh, let's grow together. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.